This is 680 CJOB. Kevin Bergen here on The Main Ingredient. I hope your weekend's going well. First up on the show are Michelle Schramm and Troy Stozik, a young couple that owns a company called Fresh Roots Farms. The Love Local MB event is coming up March 3rd at the Victoria Inn here in Winnipeg, which they are participating in. So I called them at home to find out what Fresh Roots Farms is all about. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Yeah, we're doing great. You guys doing all right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a lovely January day and we're, yeah, just ticking along on the farm here. <laughs> okay, so you're doing really well. All right, so you both are the owners of uh, Fresh Roots Farm. So why don't we start by explaining what that is and where it's located. Okay, uh, Fresh Roots Farm is basically uh, Troy, my husband, and, and I, Michelle, um, we're located near Cartwright, Manitoba, which is in the southwest part of the province, uh, which is where I grew up. Um, and our farm is basically the main three main enterprises. We raise grass-fed beef and lamb, and we also produce and sell raw honey. And uh, we try to do as many of those things uh, and sell them directly to families, directly to consumers as possible in uh, in all over Manitoba, but... Uh, Large market in Winnipeg. Okay, so you guys both grew up in small towns. Michelle, like you said, you're from Cartwright, and Troy, you're from Dauphin. And you both yep. went to university in Winnipeg, right? Like, you, Troy, you went to U of M? Yep, for sure. Okay, so how did you guys both meet? We were both part of, uh, maybe some people are familiar with or heard of the Harvest Moon Society. There's the annual perennial festival in the fall that runs. It's been going on for about 15 years, and we both... Uh, through various different ways, kind of got plugged into that organization and, and were involved pretty actively in volunteering for it, both on the festival side of things, but also in a bunch of the different educational stuff that happens throughout the year through that organization. So, yeah, we kind of met through there, and Michelle is kind of from um, the nearby community of Cartwright, which is about 15 miles from the town of Clearwater, where the Harvest Moon Society is based out of, and so... Yeah, it kind of was a it was a yeah. That's how we met up, and we ended up nearby there in the end, which was kind of an attraction for coming back to this area as well and settling settling in. So yeah, we were both feeling really excited about uh, about the local food movement, which was kind of getting really uh, geared up at that point and uh, getting a lot of momentum, and excited about some of the things that were happening in this part of the province, and uh, decided to just jump into it together. When I was young. Uh, the first thing I wanted to do was move out of Winnipeg. So I moved out of Winnipeg and, you know, thought, oh, never going back to Winnipeg, never going back. When you guys moved out of your small towns and were going to university, was your first ideas to do something outside of your small town, something maybe bigger? Yeah, it was not my intention at all. Like yourself, I was, uh, I was definitely not thinking of farming or getting into agriculture when I left, left this town at the age of 17. And uh, had some other ideas, and um, and sort of, you know, got a got a great experience in university. But uh, you know, farming the degree that I got in university really has not very much to do with farming at all. So, took a different a different path. But uh, at some point, realized that uh, what I really wanted to be doing was go back to my home community, do something that was really practical, and get my hands in the in the soil to say and try to feel like we're making a difference in in the way of feeding people and families i think every summer we were looking for a 
a good reason to get out of the city and bo- on our, both in you know in different ways. Michelle was involved with uh, the Camp Stevens uh, canoe trips and you know over the years for a whole bunch of years. So every summer she'd be going out taking canoe trips out and uh, getting dirty out in the woods. And I was I was tree planting for about seven seasons all over all over Canada as well. So it, was, it seemed like yeah any chance I could. I, I could find to get out of the city. I was I was definitely seeking that out throughout uh, my stay in the city, and and always was yeah into uh, getting my hands dirty. So farming was a great a great um, yeah thing that I that came across came upon us, and and it's really the the perfect job for me. I'm kind of um, not really all that well suited to an office environment, and and like the diversity of tasks that a farm can can uh, can provide too. So it's been a it's been a lot of fun, and it's it's quite a quite a good career for for me michelle when you told your parents that you guys were considering moving back they must have been excited about that right yeah i think they were very surprised but they were also excited and uh it's it's really nice and my brother also decided to go into farming as well wow and we have uh we're seeing more and more young people either staying in the country or coming back to to start farms or live rurally and and it's it's encouraging and, and having families here as we are and so it's yeah, there's there is some hope. Okay, so you move back. We'll get into what Fresh Roots Farms is present day, but when you first started the business, what was your focus and what products did you grow and sell? Yeah, it started out very different than uh what we're doing now. We had basically we wanted to try some different things, but we uh had to start with things that were not very capital intensive. Um we didn't have a whole lot of money or resources, and so we started with uh, raising chickens, and we had vegetable gardens. Uh, we started up a CSA in our area, a vegetable CSA. So it was all very experimental and all very different than what most of the farms around here were doing, but we uh, gave it a try, and um, I, my family has been in cattle for years, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were able to sort of get into the cattle business a little bit earlier than we might have Otherwise, and uh, so, yeah, eventually, and Troy uh, experimented uh, with bees a little bit, Got took a workshop, and pretty much fell in love with bees and beekeeping. Um, and so, basically, what we're, we've settled on today for what we do on our farm is the apiary, beekeeping, mm-hmm. and the cattle and the sheep. And the cattle and the sheep are both ruminant animals, which means they graze. So um, we've got, we're lucky to have some pasture land, which works for the animals that graze, but it also works really well for our honey business uh, because that, those are the kinds of uh, floral sources that we really want our bees to uh, make honey from, is the alfalfa and the clover and wildflowers and things like that. Okay, these two are really nice. They have a four-month-old baby, and I call them at supper time, and they still want to talk. It's pretty cool. Okay, so we're going to take a little break and we'll come back with more from Michelle and Troy from Fresh Roots Farms here on The Main Ingredient on 680 CJOB. This is The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. And on the phone, I have Michelle and Troy from Fresh Roots Farm explaining to me what the difference is between grass-fed and grain-fed meat. Cattle, are, as Michelle just said, are, are ruminant animals as are, as are sheep. And that's their primary diet is, is on grasses and, and uh, they forage on a whole host of Different uh, kinds of forages that are growing in the in a perennial way and an annual way out in the prairies, and um, yeah, so grass-fed beef are are a bit of a they're a slower growing it's a slower growing process to fatten an animal on grass than it is on grain. 
um, a lot of the grains like barley and oats. And It's really neat that we can um, engage in the process of... Uh, it just makes a lot of sense for us to be in this area where we have this great pasture land and we can grow a lot of grass. It's, it's land that's really not very good for growing crops. Um, it's very light, sandy soil, and it's, it's pretty great at growing grass. So um, we use that to sort of do the more, produce a natural food for these animals. Right. Um, and we want to try to manage the animals in a way that actually enhances and regenerates the soil and the plants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we engage in, in something called holistic management, uh, which is a, a course that we took. And so, yeah, that's kind of our main goal. It's, it's a lot bigger than just raising the animals and providing food for people. For us, it's also about really trying to care for the land, trying to improve it as much as we can. And, uh, and so grass-fed makes a lot of sense for us to do it that way. Is there a big difference between taste and, and, and nutrition between grass-fed and grain-fed? Uh, there definitely is some difference. Uh, we find that um, the taste of grass-fed beef mm-hmm. is really nice. A lot of that taste um, in the fats really really comes out in, in the fats, which are really nice and yellow. You can always tell that it's uh, you know, grass-fed beef if, if that fat is really yellow. And often the animals are a little bit more p- mature. Um, they will have taken longer to finish, as Troy said. So um, there's a little, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a different taste there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely some, some health benefits and lots of uh, vitamins and... Yeah, the, 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 orange, the yellow coloring comes from the beta-carotene that the animals are getting from the forages in the... Kind of grasses and stuff, so that's kind of where that comes from. Your raw honey, you guys run quite a few stores here in, in in Winnipeg too, right? You guys sell that in throughout various stores in Winnipeg and in Manitoba, right? We do, and that's uh, our raw honey product is what we sell in stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in about forty retail outlets around Manitoba with our honey. Nice, and um, about half of those are in Winnipeg, and our grass-fed beef and lamb. Right now, we're just selling that. We're not selling that in stores or in restaurants. We're selling that straight to the customer. So that's kind of how we prefer to do it. We really like uh, creating a relationship with the families that eat our food. So um, for now, that's how we're kind of choosing to do it. And we make monthly deliveries into Winnipeg, and we meet our customers at a certain spot. They order online, mm-hmm. uh, so it's really easy for them to do and see what all the options are and make their order. And then we arrange a date and a time for pickup once a month, and they come and meet us and get their product and get to take it home. That's pretty cool. So you, you just go in one place, and all the customers, like, let's say you show up and you have an hour window, and everybody shows up and comes and picks yeah. up their stuff? Exactly. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, and we get to chat with people, and they can ask us questions. And and they get to, a lot of your customers probably have conversations with each other too, right? It's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it turns into a really nice kind of social community event. And it's nice that we sort of have a growing network of regular customers that return to us now. And uh, and so, yeah, they sometimes see familiar faces and friends. And it's it's a really nice event, actually. The Love Local MB event is coming up March 3rd, 2018. And you guys are participating this year for the first time. What made you want to be involved? Uh, well, we were just really fortunate to uh, to become a part of it this year and and be selected as a as a vendor. We're going to be selling our honey, not our our meats, but we'll be promoting those as well. But uh, we're going to be selling and ha- 
and sampling our raw honey, uh, our pastured honey as well as our buckwheat honey. We went a few years ago. Um, we were curious, of course, we're lovers of all kinds of different local food, and we went and we were really impressed with the event. Um, we thought it was really well done, and uh, I think it's even bigger and better than it was about three years ago when we went. And, um, yeah, so we're really honoured and excited to be a part of it this year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be really good. They have this really great host. That's me. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's a really good time, so I think you guys will uh, will do well there. So where can people get more information about uh, Fresh Roots Farm or contact you guys if need be? Well, um... We are on social media. We are, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And our website is freshrootsfarmmb, as in manitoba.com. And all the info is on there. We have some information about some of our upcoming deliveries into Winnipeg. For example, next weekend we'll be selling some meat to people there, so people can find us there and... Uh, learn more about all about our honey and what we do on our farm here. Nice. How, how often do you guys deliver in the city? If someone's ordering meat, how often do you guys come in to make that delivery once a month? Uh, we try to consistently come in at least once a month. All right. That's all right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you guys coming on the show and I will see you March 3rd cause I'll be there, uh, you know, gabbing away. So I'll make sure I introduce myself to you. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. Awesome. Sorry. I had to kind of bail there for a while with, with Sydney, our boy, so no, hey. Michelle, Michelle took over in a big way and she pulled it <laughs> off. So. I have three kids. Don't worry, man. We're good. <laughs> yeah, you bet. And we'll look forward to meeting you on the in the in the city there. All right, you guys have a good night. You too. You take too. care. Thanks so much. Right, thanks. Okay, aren't they nice? That was Michelle and Troy from Fresh Roots Farms. Check out their website to order meat direct, or you can get their honey from forty different retailers throughout Manitoba. Twenty of those being in Winnipeg. Soap and gin, better known as Soapy, on the main ingredient next, so I won't have to hear. Have you had Soapy on the show yet? Anymore. He is the owner of the new bakery or patisserie in Charleswood called S Squared Patisserie, and he's on the show to talk about the great things he bakes after the new sports and weather on 680 CJOB. Welcome back to the main ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. Sometimes there are guests that, over the course of doing many interviews, keep getting brought up to me over... Have you talked to Soapy? And over... Have you had Soapy on the show yet? Again. Well, I finally tracked down Soap and Chin, better known as Soapy, who is the owner of S Squared Patisserie on Roblin Avenue in Charleswood, my neck of the woods, and he's here to talk about what he does best. So, sir, state your name for the record. Soap and Chin, um, or also known as Soapy. <laughs> soap and Chin, Soapy. All right, this is, uh, it's nice to finally meet you. Same and you know, I said to you today, you were like, um... You're like Snuffleupagus to me. <laughs> I know you exist, but I've never seen you. People bring your name up. Underground. Hey, man, when's Soapy going to be on your show? I'm like, Soapy? <laughs> yeah, Soapy. You know Soapy. I'm like, I don't know Soapy. Everyone knows Soapy. Everyone knows Soapy but me, right? Okay. So let's, uh, let's get into what you do and um, who you are. Start from the beginning. So I'm actually a pharmacist, um, and I kind of decided I wanted to do something a bit more creative. So I'm actually... Uh, Gave up full time and um, started uh, started with macarons actually first, and then it kind of just spiraled from there. Um, from me going to uh, Paris and then starting up my own pastry shop now. Uh, you know we're we're gonna roll back. We're gonna we're, we're gonna roll back. Yeah. Sorry, I kind of jumped a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pharmacist. I bake. I got my own yeah, shop. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. 
We're going to get into, because of course, it's an interesting story how a pharmacist becomes a baker, right? So when did you decide that you were interested in baking? What was the thing that made you start baking in the first place? Um, I guess it wasn't really... I still actually, to this day, like, I don't actually like the baking part. Like, I don't like waiting for stuff to bake. Mm-hmm. Um, I like more the putting stuff together, but the creative, <laughs> the creative process anyway. You, want, you need the TV magic every time. Yeah. You put it together, and then magic, two minutes later, it comes out exactly. of the oven. Um, but to be honest, it was to impress the ladies. Uh, everyone's talking about macarons, so... <laughs> I was like, how hard can these be to make? <laughs> and actually, they are pretty hard to make. Oh, they so, are they? <laughs> at first, it was disaster. But then, like, after a while, like, I was getting the hang of it. And then I would bring some to work and stuff. And then everyone seemed to love them. So. Hang on, hang on. Okay, okay. So, okay. So, you're at work. There's some ladies talking. Man, you know what? I went to the store and I love macarons. And you're thinking, that's my end. I'm gonna start making macarons. That's how, that's how all that's how that's how everyone else does it. That's got to be it. That's what I thought, but <laughs> so okay. So you go home and you and that's the first thing you attempted to bake. Yeah, yeah. You researched whatever you baked them. Were the first ones edible? They were edible, but they weren't good looking. I guess they didn't look good, like proper macarons. Okay, yeah. so you didn't bring those those ones to work. No, no. How many attempts did it take before you said yes? These I'm bringing these to work. These ladies will love me. I think it was probably three times. <laughs> three times, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So, who did you live with at the time? Your mom, your dad, roommates, what? Yeah, I already had my house from by then. Yeah, were you by yourself? Yeah. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. So you can sit there and bake in private. Not a, no one would go, hey, w- what are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just baking some macarons because I feel like it. I just, I just love macarons and I want to make them. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice. When, when they tasted you brought them and they yeah. thought they were great. Yeah. And that evolved. Yeah. Everybody must have been ordering kinda, them off you. Yeah, so then kind of just, it kept growing, yeah. And I was like, these must taste good and people keep asking for them. So I kind of knew there was something there. Yep. Um. Yeah, so then I'm like, okay, I should get some books. Um, and then I came across this guy. Uh, he's a famous pastry chef in Paris, uh, Pierre Hermé. Yep. He has a really good macaron book. So if anyone wants to learn how to do macarons, that's how I started off. Um, and then I kind of just started collecting some of his other books. And then it kind of just opened my eyes to, like, the world of pastry. Like, there's so much you can do with it, like, creatively. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just like, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something here. And, and then I kind of started thinking, like, there's no one in Winnipeg really doing like the actual Paris thing, like like the modern stuff, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought there was there was something there. So and then part of it was also like I could start the business right away, but I don't know if anyone would take me seriously. Right. So then I'm like, maybe like if I'm gonna say like I'm trying to bring a taste of Paris to Winnipeg. I should really have like, like experience in Paris. Right, a little bit of background, right? Yeah. So then I'm like, well, I got to go to Paris. And it was kind of a crazy jump. But Okay, okay so uh, <laughs> what did your coworkers and friends think? Like, here you are. They're probably... Yeah, man, I'm baking. I'm, I'm going to Paris. They're like, what? You know, your, 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 your parents, your mom. Hey, mom, I'm, I really like this bacon thing, and I'm going to go to Paris. What did she say? They were, you know, they're actually pretty supportive, to be honest, like, yep. especially for Asian parents, like, for like a pharmacist to be like, okay, I'm going to give up a job. Totally. Like, Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you, can bake, you can bake us a cake every now and then. Get back to work. Uh, but yeah, they were actually very supportive. Um, and I kind of just, I kind of had to tell them, obviously, like, if things don't work out, right. I'm going to go back to pharmacy. Like, right. that's always the fallback plan, mm-hmm. which is nice. Like, I mean, that's better than most It's a decent most fallback. People. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about that. No <laughs> so like, you know, it's like one of those situations where 
you don't want to regret anything. So you got to take a risk. You got to take a chance on something if you feel passionate about it. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, you go to Paris. Obviously, you're taking it seriously now. When you when you left for Paris, what exactly was your idea? Were you thinking, I'm going to learn more about this and possibly see what kind of business I can make this? Like, well, what was your end game at that point? Honestly, I just needed to get away a bit and just kind of just think about, like, what did I want to do? Like, do I want to stay pharmacy forever or do I want to actually pursue this, see where it can go? So when you came back, here you are back in Winnipeg, right? Obviously, you probably got some inspiration there, right? Like, yes. you, you, you go there... Of course, it's either it's kind of do or die when you get there. It's either I'm going to really love this or I'm going to decide I don't love it. Yeah. Obviously, you decided you, you liked it, right? Like you loved it. Yeah. Right? And probably super inspirational. So you get back to Winnipeg and what, what are your thoughts then? Um, I was actually ready to go. Like, this is probably like over a year ago now. Like, And you're still working full time uh, as, as, as a pharmacist? No. Well, I actually quit my job. Did you <laughs> when really? I, when I went to La Paris, I quit. Yeah. Like not a, yeah, I'm going to take a, I'm going on vacation or I'm going to take a leave of absence. I'm done. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. That's ballsy. It's crazy, right? It is. That is crazy. But you know what? Whatever. Right. Yeah. I had to do it. Um, if I went back to pharmacy right away, like I would kind of fall back into just the security of the job and stuff like that. Like, like the usual routine. So I knew I had to like, like start the wheels in motion for the, for the business, I guess. Right, trial by fire. Yeah. Right, so yeah, sometimes when you're comfortable and you know you have something else, it doesn't push you forward. Yeah. You almost you almost need that fear of if I don't succeed, I won't eat. Yeah. Right? That's so what, let's go. That's that's what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you know me. <laughs> what was okay, so <laughs> I was going to ask you what the tipping point was. Usually when people are doing things on the side, they have a business on the side and they have a regular job. This was a point where they're doing it on the side and it interfe- you know, the, the, the two kind of come to a head and you jump ship where you kind of, you made that decision consciously. You were, you, it wasn't a matter of, man, I'm, you know, I'm doing the business on the side so much and now I have to quit. You were like, yeah, I'm jumping out and I'm, I'm going right now. Right. Yeah. It was, I think it just, I wasn't happy anymore at the job, at the pharmacy job. So I kind of just, I needed to change. Yeah. So that was part of the reason why I decided to go to Paris, I guess. Right. It kind of pushed me to Paris, I guess. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about that change. Let's talk about uh, the business. What's the name of your, do we call it a bakery? What is it called? Patisserie. Patisserie. Yeah. What's the difference between a bakery and a patisserie? Um, Can you tell it's me? more, I guess, French for pastry shop. Yep. So not really a lot of breads. It's more, um, I guess, the, the pastry desserts um, and also like croissants and stuff like that right yeah where's your store located it's located uh in charleswood uh 3416 robin boulevard charleswood that's yeah. my hood <laughs> represent charles hood <laughs> okay so why charleswood um actually uh it's actually hard to find a bakery for sale that was like that's what i've been waiting for the past year so there was a couple places um i tried to get just i guess the timing wasn't right or it just wasn't my turn, I guess, but um, this- I guess it's easier to get a, a, uh, a place that already was an existing bakery because you don't have to change exactly. it and modify things. It'd be super expensive, right? That was part of it too. Like I didn't have the budget to build from scratch. Right. Like that would have been, a, dude, crazy, a, ri- even riskier. Yeah. So, um, I kind of just yeah, I waited for the past year for a place to come up, and then finally, this place in Charleswood came up, and I thought it was a good location. I think so. Yeah, it's close to me, so that's so that's all that matters. <laughs> Okay, just so you know, it's all about me. (laughs) 
when I stop by knocking when your store is closed, you'll realize I really mean that. Um, let's let's talk about the big goods, okay? Let's. Uh, what is? I don't even know if I'm going to say this right. It's called uh, Intramet. Uh, I guess Entreme. It's Entreme. Bit, yeah. So that's what they're doing in wow, Paris. I'm cutting that part out. <laughs> What is an entremet? Uh, well, my pronunciation is probably even not that great as you. Like that's why it's a taste of Paris. It's not the sound, not the sounds of Paris. So. <laughs> You're hilarious. Uh, so that's what. Yeah, like um, I actually was making those beforehand too. Uh, before I left for Paris, uh, so I thought it's for me. It's the glaze, like on the outside, that makes it like the shiny glaze. Um, but then you have like all these different layers. So it's, that's kind of my. Um, my concept for all of my desserts. Like mm-hmm. I like to have different layers, so different textures, um, different flavors, sensations. So you kind of get everything in that one bite. Mm-hmm. Get to know Soapy from Esquire Patisserie on Roblin Boulevard in Charleswood after the break here on The Main Ingredient. Welcome back to The Main Ingredient. I'm Kevin Bergen. Soapy from Esquire Patisserie located at 3416 Roblin Boulevard. Have you talked to Soapy? He's finally on the show with some baked goods and I'm about to dig in. So what do we got? Well, obviously, the macarons, that's what I started the business off with. Um, I feel like I... It's nice packaging. Like, it looks really good. Right? I love your logo. Very nice, clean, and I love what's inside. (laughs) Your family's going to... You're going to be the hero tonight when you bring that home to your... your No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no. no. They ain't even seeing this stuff. They're not seeing a damn thing. (laughs) All right. What's this? What do we got next? Actually, I'm going to save this one for last. But this... You know what I'm going to do with these macarons? My daughter, in her lunch, get tomorrow. There's going to be a little treat. I'm going to put in a thing that she can't see, and then she's going to open it up, and she's going to die. That's nice. Right? You're, I hope she doesn't open it around, around her friends. What is that? You'll be the hero. Uh, so this is like my current collection of, uh, I guess, entremet and then petit gâteau. So those Say are that again? petit gâteau. It's like the small, small, ga- small cakes. Yeah. Um, What's inside those things? Okay, let's see. What, so, yeah, wait, wait. They're cold. Yeah, so again, it's... It's multiple layers. There's usually always some type of mousse at the top. Yep. And then you have like a cake base and then like a crunchy layer. Uh, and then, of course, like the top is kind of glazed. Uh, it's pretty. To finish, yeah. That looks really good. Yeah. So it's actually been pretty popular. Like, uh, the, I call it the sampler. So you get all four flavors on the one board. Yep. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Now it's in box number three. Okay. So. <laughs> Look at me, Mr. Greedy. Okay, what's next? <laughs> So I try to I try to like uh, launch a new dessert every few weeks if okay, I can. You know what? I'm eating one of these. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I'm eating the green one right on the air here. I don't care. And this one is probably my favorite to date. Like I I started with the the lemon or the citron. Mm-hmm. Um, That's neat looking. Yeah. And this is the new one. I just released the uh, noisette or the hazelnut. Mm-hmm. So you actually can crack it and then it opens up and like just oozes out caramel and hazelnut in, okay caramel and hazelnut are inside that inside thing. yeah and there's also like a mousse on the outside as well so so you take a knife and you crack it open yeah the nut is on the outside you filled like, it with stuff yep there's a there's quite a few layers in there so it's kind of the same concept different layers but this one's more of the wow factor too because it when you crack it it kind of opens up i'm living in your shop yeah. <laughs> like really i'm close to, i'm close by Stop you're screwed by. now <laughs> So yeah, I'm joking. I'm not joking. Your girl open that one or crack that one open. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. What made you decide? Like, okay, so how do you decide what you're making? How do you create new things? Right. It depends on the week. Like some, like some weeks are too crazy. So 
like I want to launch some new thing, but then it's like, oh, there's no time. Like the other week, I w- I really want to get the croissants out, so I was kind of focused on that, so I couldn't do the new dessert. But there's like like the possibilities are endless, really. Mm-hmm. Like I got there's so many things that I had in Paris that I ca- I kind of want to bring back. Like so many things yeah. that you tried while you were out. There. Yeah, so I'm just trying to bring that back for people that haven't had a chance to go to Paris. So how did you narrow it down to what you're gonna make? It was stuff that wowed me when I was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you probably had a ton of things that were wowed you. So how did you narrow it down to to your own personal menu? Okay. Um, you know what I mean? Was, was that yeah. tough? I don't know if that was tough or not. Was that a tough thing to, hey, I, you know, I really like this. Okay, but not. Uh, maybe this. Or did you judge it from when you were doing this, the side thing on what people were telling you that they liked? I think it was kind of part of both. Because uh, like, I know for sure, like, one of these on the sample the Rocher cake like that one was the first cake I created when I came back and that's been a hit like from the beginning like mm-hmm. like an underground hit like even before I even had the shop like people still were talking about that cake so um, just nice like a testing ground yeah right with nothing so, to lose so you make things people try them get the feedback because they keep ordering it yeah like once I started like people kept talking about this cake so I'm like okay that's definitely staying on the menu like mm-hmm. that's available every day at my shop <laughs> Like, it's all right. Yeah. I guess some things aren't depending on what's going on, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like the menu is not super set, but like obviously macarons are available every day. And then the cream puffs like have been taken off lately. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's every day now as well, too. Uh, and then the, the four sets of cakes there, too, we, we try to have every day. And then hopefully like a new dessert every week. Wow. So, yeah, that's the goal. I know you have a grand opening coming up soon, so maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Yes, um, it's kind of tight. We're kind of rushing it, uh, but um, I just got my signs, so I thought we might as well get it done. Uh, so next week, actually, uh, Saturday, February 3rd, mm-hmm. to have our grand opening. Um, so trying to figure out what kind of specials to have, but we'll probably have like free like Madeline samples and like hot chocolate or something like that. You just went on the radio and you said, I'm giving something out for free. Well, Do you realize what you're saying? Well, quantities last. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Sorry, I only Disclaimer. had two. I only had two. Disclaimer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, you are done. <laughs> you're in Charleswood and you're giving away free stuff. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> so that when is that taking place? That's Saturday the 3rd? February 3rd, yeah. Saturday, February yeah. 3rd. Tune grand in. opening. Tune into the social media, um, S2 Patisserie on Instagram or S Squared Patisserie on Facebook. Uh, I'll post some stuff up there for the specials and contests and stuff like that. Perfect. Well, yeah. What time What time are you open till on that day? We are open 10 to 6. 10 to 6. And the grand opening is, is an all-day thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're a brave man. Oh, you know what? And February is going to be a really big test for you because that's a big, big baking day, Valentine's Day. Yes. Like two weeks after your grand opening, less than two weeks. Yes, that's... Right right on you. It's going to be busy. Yes. So you got anything special planned for that? Um, I haven't created anything yet, but I think we're going to turn some of, especially the Rocher for sure, into like heart shapes. Uh, there's a special dessert like called uh, Ispahan. Called what? Ispahan. Why, well, why are you choosing all these hard words, man? Hey, I, I have trouble with the word I didn't. I didn't name it. So that's why I actually, <laughs> so I actually named it after the I guy. I can barely say my name, okay? <laughs> so it's the same chef who inspired me with the macarons, Pierre Hermé. So I actually call the big macaron Hermé in honor of him. Mm-hmm. But um, it's basically just a combination of raspberry rolls and lychee. And I think it just... I love lychee. Yeah, it's good. Super good. Yeah. So I think 
some people are probably like, that's a weird combination, but you got to try it. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people are way more adventurous now because people know a lot more about their food. I'd say maybe 10 to 15 years ago, especially in the city, because it kind of took Winnipeg a little bit of time to catch up to other parts of Canada, you know, like the bigger cities. But now, yeah, people, people know a lot more and they're way more willing to try things. And they know a lot more than you think they know, right? Yeah, true. Right? I'm talking about myself. I know a lot more than you think I know, all right? I know what lychee Chill. is, okay? Okay, I know. No, I'm just like the combination. <laughs> Settle down, Kevin. His booth had just got a little bit a little bit too small, didn't it? So, yeah. So, um, that will probably play a prominent role on the menu. But um, I think I'm going to do a lot of, uh, like, red colors or red glazes, like shiny glazes. I don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people do that in the city. So. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be unique. Like, if you're looking for something unique for your significant other, like, stop by the shop. Um, I'll probably even maybe um, launch my online store as well just to make it easier to order stuff. Right, like pre-order, right? Yeah. Yeah, without it, you probably get smoked. Yeah, it's probably going to be pretty busy for that week, so. So, okay, so um, a couple things. One, I saw this thing on your site, a picture on your site. It looked like the cakes, the little mini cakes. It was a Rubik's Cube. Yes. What is that? That's actually... Like it was cakes? Yeah, like so... Rubik's Cube made of mini cakes. It's like the petit gâteau, but I can make it smaller, and then you could stack them. That looked really cool. Yeah. What was that one made out of, like, a kit? What was the flavor of that? Um, that was the Rocher one. That's wow. the most common request I get. Is that right? Yeah. And you have a bazillion different flavors of macarons. Like, yeah, I a think, lot. I think it's, like, 49 at this point. Yeah, dude. I might even cut... I, I wanted, like, a perfect square for the brochure. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of... <laughs> That's a big square. Right? Yeah. So I had to cut. I cut. I think I might have cut some of the flavors out. Um, but yeah, like it's about forty nine. But I, I, I don't have all of them available every day. Right. Just you just kind of switch it up, like yeah. different flavors every day. And How many are available usually each day? Ten. Say six. At least seven for sure. Yep. Um, and some well, you of them can't lose. Yeah. I mean, like there is no bad one, yeah. right? Yeah. I think like I think the difference is like I try to use a lot of. Um, chocolate i use a lot of chocolate in the store but mm-hmm. like for the filling it's not a bad thing bro yeah it's not bad so i find like most people who've had macarons they're always talking about how sweet they are so i try to find that balance where it's not too sweet yep gravy yeah let's give people some basic information let's uh let's talk about your address website phone number and business hours you don't have to give your phone number okay. you, you know, i forgot <laughs> i forgot the phone i think it's <laughs> One nine hundred. I don't know. <laughs> so actually, uh, most of the information is on my website. That's yep. probably the best way to start. Um, so www.s2 patisserie. So that's spelled p a t i s s e r i e dot com. And it's s and the number two. Yeah, sorry. Num- yeah, number two. I Don't, just want to be clear, so yeah. just in case. Yeah, and then. Um, Instagram, we're on Instagram. If you're if you're on social media, there uh, S two Patisserie, and then of course Facebook as well. So S squared Patisserie. You do all that stuff yourself, all your social media and stuff yourself. For now, yes. It's, it's a lot of work. It's busy, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> Even the photography too. Yes. Yeah. It's a ton of work. Yeah. Like you got a man. Oh man, you make some great stuff. But yeah, again, the more people want it, the more work you got to do. And you know, I love all the free tools to promote local business. Even doing this is awesome. But. Um, yeah, you can get just smoked, but you're doing an awesome thing. I love these. Right. Uh, Thanks, man. I love these macarons, and my my little hunter is gonna really love them. I guess I'll share. One. <laughs> I guess probably try to cram some before bedtime tonight. Oh, this is awesome. Thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thanks so much. 
Have you talked to Soapy? Yes. Yes, I have. That was Soap and Chin, better known as Soapy, from S-Square Patisserie in Charleswood, 3401 Roblin Boulevard, to be exact, baking killer macaroons and plenty of other things for you to enjoy. The main ingredient is on iTunes and Google Play for your enjoyment also if you miss it or if you want to listen again. So I'll talk to you all next week, and thanks for tuning in. This is 680 CJOB.